Jesus Christ, that's Jason Bourne. James Francis Bryant, Iowa. Sheldon Willis, lot of gaming commission. Francois Pinot, captain of the Me, sir? I don't know who I am! I'm a botanist. I'm a Texas Ranger. I am a traveler in both time and space. Impersonating practically anybody. I do like that man. Welcome everybody to a spectacular episode of Sine Waves to show all about the peaks and valleys of Matt Damon's career and Hollywood in general. Insert scream sound effect here. I'm your host, um, the horrible Hannah, with me always, what's Spooky Sean? Yeah! We really should have done this <laughs> yeah, we last record, because yeah, today, is, today is... Yeah, we were too manic on the majestic. The, the, oh shit! That just released. That just released. Nice. <laughs> um, we're really like like dropping the cake fade. From... Yeah. Did you get a blurb in for that one? I did. Nice. I haven't written the blurb yet for the other one because I've been busy. Yeah, it's fine. Also, who checks out? But yeah, no one reads the blurb. <laughs> um, is this your first time listening to Sign Waves? This has been a terrible introduction to the show. Hey, it's Halloween, baby. It's Halloween, baby. Um, what we do here is each week we get together and we watch a Matt Damon movie, regardless of how small or large his part is, and we, we talk about it. Mm-hmm. And this week we're talking about the 2000s film, Jerry. 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 <laughs> this film is, I've, as I was watching it last night, mm-hmm. I came up with my opinion on it. Okay. Which is really ballsy of Matt in like 32 years of age to do a student film. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. yeah. Big student full vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, not much plot to talk about. This is probably going to be a shorter episode than normal. We've got a couple of other things to talk about, though. This has been a very interesting evening in my house. We've had like a very... <laughs> for you guys, it's been uh, less than a week since you heard us, because that's how the flow of time works. We, mm-hmm. haven't re- we haven't recorded for about 10 days because it was like Halloween break... It's Halloween tonight, so if you hear fireworks in the background, that's it. We can't we can't edit out the fireworks. Yeah, um, neither of us are in costumes, unfortunately. But listen, I had was in work. I'm cosplaying was... a corporate salary man. <laughs> I dress like this normally. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I was a cleaning my house and b dealing with an uninvited guest, and it wasn't me for a change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sean has a mouse in his house. Yeah. About an hour before Hannah arrived, um, I saw a little mouse going for my pizza. So little Stuart Little action. Little Stuart Little, little Master Splinter in there. What did uh, you dress up as for Halloween this year? Many things. So Sean had an array of costumes this year. I've got one more to come. I've got mine planned for... I have two planned for Saturday. Nice. Uh, I'm torn between two. We can Uh, talk about it on mic because people won't know about it until afterwards. True, yeah. Yeah. Sean got the burpees. He's Uh, stressed the fuck out. I'm having cans out here. (laughs) Sean's also on a break this week. Yeah, it's it's the midterm break, so I am not teaching. Huzzah. Yeah. What are you going to do about the mouse? Hopefully the traps will work. Are they humane traps? Yeah. Good. Of course they are. I would never kill a mouse. I know. I was very surprised when you said, excuse me, no, I've got the burps. I was very surprised when you said you put traps down and I was like, oh. Yeah. No, nah, yeah. I've got them. Oh, we'll get them. A little mouse guard action. I will be petitioning my housemate to keep him once I have him See, trapped. he's not going to be clean. Like he's a We wa- can clean him. We can give him a little bath. No, but I mean like he's going to have like, you're going to have to get him vaccines. Yeah. Easy. Can you get my mice vaccines? I would imagine. Surely you can. I don't know. <laughs> can probably, you tame the wild mouse? He's probably got all the diseases already. Like, <laughs> But then he's going to give them to you. I can take it. You can't. You have such a sickly disposition. No, my stomach is fucked. My immune system is banging. My immune system's pretty good. And then I get like... Oh. 
once a year I get super sick. Like sure. I never get normal sick. I always get insanely sick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean's like, no, you don't, Hannah. I do. <laughs> we were just, you weren't, we weren't friends when the splinter incident happened. No, we weren't. Yeah, I got a splinter stuck in my throat for three weeks. Oh yeah, you told me yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh, I also have managed to sprain my pinky toe this week. Yeah, how's that doing? Bad. It's really <laughs> sore. So yeah, we mentioned in the last episode that we were going to go for a walk before before I this can't one. Walk. This is why it didn't happen. I can't walk. Yeah. <laughs> instead can't. of instead of uh, walk action, you're going to get mouse watch. Mouse where we're going to be checking in on the mouse traps throughout the podcast. Um, yeah, uh, my best friend Maddie. Shout out Maddie. She shout only found Maddie. out. She only found out what the show was. This week when I oh, told nice. her, it was very funny. Hell yeah. Uh, she was like, yeah, she followed me on Letterboxd. Uh, yeah, she followed me as well. She was like, stop, shut the fuck up. I'm not Damon. And I was like, no, I can't. It's my job. Uh, Hell yeah. Maddie, I told you about Maddie's curse on me. Anytime I hang out with Maddie, yeah, I, I get sick. like, I either throw up, I break a bone. Like, I don't break a bone, I tear a ligament. Mm-hmm. Or I like get a splinter in my throat or I like get COVID or something. I always get like, injured whenever I visit her mm-hmm. and Maddie thinks it's really funny so she likes to joke about it and I'm like Stop. it is very funny in fairness it's not for me for me it's not funny and I was being really careful and like I think what happened was I broke in new shoes last week so my feet were really sore so I went walking around London for the day in kind of heavy boots because it was really wet and I think I was walking on like the balls of my feet to compensate for the back of my heels being sore. True. But I literally walked through a doorway. I didn't hit anything. I don't know what happened. And my pinky toe just spasmed in pain. Damn. Didn't think anything of it too much. I was like, almost maybe I stubbed it and I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. Went out, came home, took my sock off. My like toe was a little bit purple. And I was like, oh, that's strange. And as the days have gone on, it's just gotten more and more purple. You like gotta, my foot. Hannah, you, I said this to you already. you got to get this checked out. Like, that's really bad. <laughs> I got it taped to the buddy toe. It's fine. <laughs> that's what you're meant to do. But like, sure. if it's a sprain, I think it's a ligament damage. Because when I've pulled the tendons in my knees before. Oh, did you just hear a mouse? Oh, do we have a mouse hat in the house? First, first installment of Mouse Watch. Mouse Watch. I'll keep talking about it. Yeah, turns out when you damage your tendon versus, or a ligament versus damaging, getting a normal bruise, you bleed for longer with ligament damage, so the bruise like develops over the days. So if your bruise grows, it means you probably have sprained it. Um, now that you've gotten some unhinged medical advice, Sean is going. We've lost Sean. But yeah. This week we're talking about the 2000 film, Jerry, starring Matt Damon and Casey Affleck. They're the only stars of this film. Did you get the mouse? No? No mouse yet. No mouse yet. I'm saying, we're here to talk about a movie that stars two people. (laughs) Yep. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Not Ben Affleck. Casey Affleck. I made the same mistake earlier. I was talking about... I think Matt does more movies for Casey than Ben. Probably, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Because like... Yeah, it's bizarre. Mm-hmm. Which was the one where Casey was like the um, like a technical assistant? So, was it Finding Forrester? It might have been Finding Forrester. Which makes sense because Gus Van Sant directed Finding Forrester. Oh, yeah. 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 We're going to do a little Gus Van Sant talk later on in this episode. But yeah. first, we have to go to our media section that we always do. That we made to pad for time. And thank God we did because mm-hmm. this movie doesn't have much going on. Um, I've got a couple of things to say about this film, but there's not a lot... this movie is an odd movie because it has a plot but a lot of the film is like 
yeah, it's like getting from point A to B. Mm. And there's a reason for that, which we'll discuss when we go, we talk about the movie. But uh-huh. before we talk about the movie, we have to talk about something else very important. What? Sean. Yeah? Why aren't you doing Girls Book Report this week? I am not doing Girls Book Report this week, all right? I'll put Girls Just Want to Have Fun in under all of this. I'm not doing Girls Book Report this week because when I was going to watch Girls, the mouse fucking showed yeah, up and Sean... I've, been spending the, I've been spending the afternoon ah. trying to deal with that. So Sean's been alleviated from uh, Girls Book Report because I'm a kind and benevolent uh, friend. <laughs> I'll People let you see not... the mouse when we catch it. Huh? I'll let you see the mouse when we catch it in, in payment. I was going to look at it anyway. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um... Something that isn't kind and benevolent is whatever the fuck Marvel are doing to the X-Men at the moment. I don't know. Being a segue person is hard. Uh, we got two issues of X-Men to talk about today. Uh-huh. Uh, neither of which I'm going to be talking about for very long. Um, we got Uncanny Spider-Man number two. Mm-hmm. Nightcrawler fights the Rhino. I recognize the Rhino from like Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah! <laughs> the best adaptation of a Marvel character ever. Really? Um, no, it's awful. Um, uh, the Vulture has been recruited by Orcus, the, the big bad organization who are trying to kill all the mutants. Okay. And he's basically uh, kidnapping a bunch of other Spider-Man villains and kind of brainwashing them and like puppeting them to go and try and kill Nightcrawler. Okay. And Nightcrawler is fighting them. That's what the series is about. It's great. It's fantastic. That seems perfect for you. It's very fun. Um, it's it's Sizeburrier. Like, I can't... I can't say no to a little bit more Sizeburrier, you know? Um, the other issue of X-Men is Jean Grey number three. Which yeah. is... Yeah! How is that connecting in now? Oh, Sean don't like it. No. We've only got one issue left. Okay. And I'm intrigued as to how they're going to kind of bring it all together. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to get too into what this one is about because, like, it would require me explaining what Inferno is, which is like an X-Men crossover event from the 80s. It's great. I love it. It's very complex. There's a lot of shit going on. Um, You've heard Ocean's Eleven now. Sean did cut a substantial amount of that. Maybe 20 minutes. It was it 20 minutes? Was, I, I cut about 20 minutes total out. You cut about 10 minutes of X-Men action out because you were yeah, explaining easy. stuff to me. And then Sean was like, oh no, Hannah's let me hyperfixate too long. <laughs> yeah. Cut, cut, cut. Um, um, but Dark Phoenix happens. In this? Jean, no, previous. Jean dies. Yeah. Jean is dead for a little while. During the time when Jean is dead, uh, Cyclops meets a woman called Madeline Pryor. That's a banging name. Who looks suspiciously similar oh, to Jean Grey. <laughs> Jean Grey alive, but she doesn't realise she's Jean Grey? No. What? Mr. Sinister oh, fuck off. has created a clone of Jean basically to fuck with Cyclops. <laughs> that man goes through so much. Um, like, he has a child with her. What? Yeah. And is this the whole Phoenix thing in the 80s or is this an issue 3? This is the Phoenix shit in the 80s. Okay. But through a convoluted whole thing, uh, Jean comes back later on and Cyclops immediately leaves Madeline and the baby for Jean. That's fucked. Yeah, it's it's probably the worst thing Cyclops has ever done. 
Um, yeah, he left his wife and the, child. The, the writers have said that they regret the way that they handled it because it makes him seem like a dickhead. Yeah, he uh, is a dickhead for it. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the baby got sent to the future and Madeline got sent to hell uh, and became like one of the queens of hell. And then she was like, I want to go back and kill everybody because uh, I'm a real person, not just a clone, and I'm going to prove it to them by killing everything. Slay. Um, and there's this whole big event, but this issue of Jean Grey is Jean going back to that. Okay. And seeing if the way that, if she could treat Madeline differently and change how that whole thing happened. Yeah. Um, would that fix everything? Mm-hmm. Turns out. No. <laughs> no, Madeline still just wants to kill her. But this time she is successful. Um, I feel like that's kind of silly. Because, like, if the thing that makes Madeline go, fuck this, is, like, her husband leaving her for Jean. And, mm-hmm. like, women aren't that vengeful. I don't know, maybe she's a sinister clone. Yeah, she does also go and kill Mr. Sinister, which is great. Yeah. And um, I actually... I had a Sean-esque moment on Saturday. Oh, really? Yeah. I, so I went out shopping with my best friend Maddie, shout out Maddie, and Maddie brought me to a comic shop because she's like, I know you like comic books, nice. and I laughed because I was like, I'm not the comic book friend, and then I found myself 10 minutes later showing her an issue of Coda, being like, <laughs> this is really cool, Fuck yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, and I, I showed her Rare Flavors because Rare Flavors uh, issue number two dropped on yes, last did. week, and I was able to buy it, so I was like, took down a copy and was pointing at her and explaining the plot and I was yeah. like oh no oh no oh no I've become uh, Sean yeah. um, but I did buy some bookies for myself hell yeah I bought Black Hole because I've been looking at that nice. for years and I was like fuck it just buy it yeah um, that's gonna mess me up I think go away Siri uh, and I bought my little niece her first little comic book very cute I bought her a Miffy book because they were my favourite books growing up and yeah. then I bought some non-fiction shit which we won't talk about in here yes. yeah yeah uh, looks like Jean Grey Jean Grey number three ends with her like being like nope that's not gonna work what's next and then a bunch of different genes from like different <laughs> times like confront her and like hey what the fuck are you doing um, yeah I- intrigued to see how that series ends the other comic that's out this week is Rare Flavors number two Hannah hasn't read it yet so I'm not talk gonna get to it next week it's about chilies. I do like chili peppers. Yeah. Aren't comic books? Sean's getting so close to having to do his comic roundup of the year. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Um, I, I do regret that there aren't going to be as many indie books uh, this year as there was last year, just because mm-hmm. I haven't gotten a chance to read as many. But I've got a got a solid grasp of what's going to be on the list. Yeah. Speaking of a list, I finally finished a book. I finished Tomorrow, Tomorrow, and Tomorrow. I talked about it last week. Did enjoy it. Um, so people are like, this is the best book ever written. It's a solid four stars, I think. Nice. It's good. It's good. Oh, I yeah. liked it. I recommend it if you're a fan of video games and like the the difficult process of collaborating on a, a project for a long period of time and the like trials and tribulations of being working on something collaboratively in an art form. Uh, Damn, um, imagine. <laughs> imagine. <laughs> it's very good. But the book I'm reading now, um, which has been made into a very controversial movie. Oh, really? Is Oh, Quiet on the Western Front. <gasps> well, oh. I watched that movie. So, I understand why people are tilted about that movie now. Yeah, I've read the book. It's it's very yeah. different. Mm. I liked the movie. I thought the movie was really yeah. good. I'm, I think changing the ending... I haven't gotten to the ending yeah, yet. Yeah, they changed the ending for the movie and it, I think it... It's weaker? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I think the movie has that whole subplot. Spoilers for the movie in the book. I feel like we're in like comprehend. Remember that subject in the leaving street, that part of English that was like reading comprehension. He, no, it's the thing comparative. Comparative, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the whole Daniel Blues plot line where it's like them negotiating the armistice. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting to have it, but I don't know mm. if we need that in a... Yeah. 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 I feel like they could have made a movie that was like a World War One movie that wasn't called All Quiet on the Western Front. People would be less annoyed. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm, I'm at the point now where Paul goes home and I'm like, that doesn't happen in the yeah, movie. Yeah, it doesn't happen in the movie. Yeah. It would have been weird for him to go home in the movie, I think. Yeah. But the, yeah. the book is a different beast. The book's a different beast. The book's mm-hmm. very... <gasps> John's choking. <coughs> He's getting gassed. <laughs> Whoa. I did accidentally make mustard gas in the bathroom when I was cleaning it yesterday. <laughs> How? Because <laughs> I had bleach and I had a cleaner with chlorine in it. And I accidentally spilled the chlorine stuff. <laughs> Are you okay? I'm fine. I saw it happening. I was like, nope. <laughs> You cast your own living. Maybe that's why the mouse is here. It was like someone's committing. Maybe I need to do that in there. No! <laughs> gas the mouse the fuck out. Oh my god, the peaks in the mic when Sean's suggesting gas. Don't worry, I figured out how to fix those. I actually have one other thing to, to add to the, to the media list. Add it to the media list. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, All Quiet on the Western Front. It's a very interesting book. I don't know if I love it so far, but it's good. It's, I like it a lot. Yeah. See, because I think I'm reading it quite quickly. Um, I'm like not appreciating the like horrors of the brutality of war as much mm. as I should be. Um, poor little Paul though. So I tough. can get that mustard gas going again if you want to appreciate. <laughs> no, it properly. I've I, I've watched a lot of World War One media. Oof, <laughs> oof. Um, I'm very excited. One of my favorite books is being turned into a TV show this week, and it looks really good. Oh, uh, my brilliant friend. No, um, all the lights we cannot see. Oh, sure. It's very. I saw- I was scrolling through Now TV earlier and oh. I saw my brilliant friend on there. Um, I'm going to watch that with my mama after she reads the first book. Nice. Um, All the Lights I Cannot See is about a, a blind uh, girl from France who like escapes to a like village in the north, the south of France. Um, and she runs like a radio shop or like a radio broadcast. And then the other main character is like an unwilling Nazi. Okay. He's basically like a boy that was going to be like sent down to the mines, but he was really good at radio. So he gets like forcibly indoctrinated into the um Hitler youth Damn. but he like works on her the radios to like help do her broadcast mm-hmm. it's incredibly sad sure is that mouse watch part two I thought I heard the door open mouse watch time though also mouse watch time but yeah all the we like we cannot see is very good um we're gonna take a quick, quick pause for a second and Sean does mouse watch difficult to talk about Jerry because not much happens in Jerry it looks like we've been recording this section for like half an hour at this stage but we haven't because we did like tap we just turned on the mics to warm them up mouse watch failure it's not a failure what it's not a failure what do you okay? mean? <laughs> no the mouse isn't there but I'm not gonna say it failed yet we still got time it, it can still be successful what do you mean then I'm tap get triggered no. Oh. <laughs> but for Mouse Watch to be a failure, we need to never catch the mouse, right? Yeah. It's not failed yet. Okay. We still have time. Like the way they <laughs> carry can catch a break in all of Sex in the City.
I finished Sex and the City on um, Sunday. How angry are you at a chance of a big? Honestly, her last love interest... Oh, is it bad? He's not very good. I'm still on like season it. four. I haven't watched it since the last time we mm. talked about it. Um, I was very happy with all of the other girls' outcomes. Did Charlotte continue to piss you off? No. Charlotte okay. got way better. Okay. Um, Charlotte gets into a relationship with another man and it's just good. It's just nice. nice. Yeah. Does Samantha get a character arc or not yes. really? Yeah. Yeah, she does. She gets she gets a quite heavy character Doesn't arc she, in the last does like she get half. Cancer, she gets cancer in like the last half of season six. Okay. Um, and that's kind of her character arc for that. Miranda. Does Miranda get with Steve? Yeah, she does. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, my guy Steve. Oh, I love him I love so Steve. much. Yeah, I knew about. So the only thing I know about the rest of Sex in the City is that Big does leave Carrie at the altar at some stage. Or does that not happen? Uh, that hasn't happened in the show. Okay. We've still got two movies and all, and and just like that to go. Fucking Matthew said, uh-huh. and just like that, at some point on Sunday, and I was like, "Yo, like Sex in the City," and he looked at me like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> I'll, I'll catch up with Sex in the City, so like we can have a proper little debrief about Sex in yeah. the City. You need to think about the next show we're gonna watch. Just long. I do. It. Yeah, I have some ideas. I had I'll, an idea today, but I'll reveal it once you have finished. It has to be enjoyable. Yeah, it does. It can't Don't. be something of the quality of the Good Doctor. Don't worry about it. It's okay. gonna be a good time. Another uh, show that John... John? That's my brother. John? John? Hey, John, you're gonna have an interesting time in this episode. I think so. Yeah. Sean recently binged all of Terra Because <laughs> I thought you were on Reading Week last week. Sean just had a bad day one day and decided I had, to watch all of Terra Nova. I, I had to take a sick day and I was just like, all right, there are two things on this media section that I kind of went through on that day. I was like, I'm just going to regress to being like 11 years old again. <laughs> um... So I found that uh, the hit Sky One TV show Terra Nova is on Now TV. So I sat down and I watched fucking all of it. But to my, me buying Now TV is the best thing that ever happened to you. Yeah. <laughs> now that I have, I haven't got access to my Netflix anymore. Oh really? Because it's, your sister kicked you off it. No, it's it's introduced to like one household thing. Oh. Um. So I just can't. I can't access it. Uh. I do still have Disney Plus, but that requires. A little bit more set up. Um, yeah. But Terra Nova is a TV show from 2011, I want to say. I, I don't like the fact Terra Nova came out that long ago. I know, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's... <laughs> I, I remember Terra Nova coming out because it was like the biggest thing Sky advertised for weeks. Yeah. And it was like that age where you were like excited with... You were still watching stuff on TV mm. that you were excited for the premiere of a new show and like this was before streaming was a big thing yeah but it was also like you were kind of old enough to watch everything that came out on TV yeah you know yeah um, what is the plot of Terra Nova Sean <laughs> <laughs> so it's set in I think the near future I can't remember what year it's set in it's like 20 something 2150 or yeah, something yeah they talk about it all the time but I can't remember what number it is uh, but humanity is fucked up the environment they have to wear like like gas masks and shit when they go outside so that they don't fuck their lungs up and they've also instituted like a global one child policy um, is it one or two child i think it's two children right no it is two children you're yeah. right you're right 
uh, a two-child policy. Because that's what you need in order to maintain the population. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But the main character is this guy, Jim. What a what a dude. He's the most like fucking Early. I, yeah. I don't play by the rules, but I get the job done kind of cop. Um oh, maybe, I, maybe this is the the start of it all. <laughs> maybe it is, yeah. Uh and his wife is a doctor and they have a like third kid and Jim gets they get caught and they're basically like, here's the deal. You can keep the kid, but we gotta get one of you out of this house. So Jim goes to prison. Yeah. And he's, like, stuck in a gulag, essentially. Uh, it's called Golad Prison, which I think is a badass prison name. I forgot that he's, like, in prison. Yeah. Like, it's such an yeah. insane... He, like, fully the first episode is, a, is prison break. a prison break. Because we find out that the wife, because she's such a good doctor, has been chosen to go back in time. <laughs> because they found a, like, portal to... What they think is the past, we find out is a different timeline or whatever. Like, 85 million years ago. And they've set up a colony there. So they're basically like, this is just how humanity are going to survive us fucking up the environment. Is We're just going to send everybody back 85 million years into the past. I think, I think the logic is like, we will basically have access to more resources here. So we can like, it's basically the thing is we fucked up the, the past. So like the future so much that... We don't have re- enough resources to like figure out how to fix it, so we'll just go back and plunder the ro- world of resources again. So we find out that that's what the plan is later on. Okay, it's that's hidden the, in the start. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, like that's what the villains want to do. Uh, but the the kind of idea of it at first is that they want to go back and give humanity a fresh start, basically. How are we? Um, sorry, why is the villain's idea my idea? That's the clear, <laughs> obvious thing. That's the clear, <laughs> obvious thing you should do in that situation. Because the protagonists want to go back in time and fix things, or, like, build a society such that they live in harmony with nature, and they don't straight mind the shit out of everything again. Oh, buddy, there's dinosaurs! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and some of them are chill. But they oh break, yeah, there's dinosaurs yeah, in this show. There's dino- yeah, because they're 85 million years in the past. But the dad is broken out of prison and like manages to get back. And the show is about the society that's being set up in the past. Yeah. And the conflict that they have because uh, a bunch of people have left their little colony and established their own thing like off out in the wild. And it's like the guy who runs. This is all coming back to yeah, me now. Yeah. They're like the guy who runs the Connolly, him and the dad don't get on, but they have this big mm. thing because like his son has run off to join the like rebel colony or something. The, his son is like the leader of the rebels. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I remember loving this show. I do too. It's got Stephen Lang in it as the oh, like Oh, is he the He's the like guy in charge of the colony. He's great. Um, He's fan. I love Stephen Lang so much. Honestly, He's so good in Avatar. Best part of Avatar too. Easy, yeah. Easy. <laughs> yeah. We, I, I loved Avatar too. Yeah. I know that is like a bad take. Yeah, I, I loved Avatar too as well. Avatar Two was great. Yeah, I thought you hated it. No, I loved it. It's a movie. It's the most movie movie. <laughs> I like it when the level. I've got to add another thing onto the media list. Ooh, this is gonna be a chunky media list. I'm not gonna I, talk about this one for long. Um, I love it when the level changes in Avatar too. The level. I, I, that's I loved it. Brief Avatar two is that my favorite yeah. thing about Avatar two is how that last like seventy or eighty minutes of that movie they're doing the big fight. Yeah. But I love how the landscape changes. Yes. So, yeah, but yeah, it yeah. feels like a stage in a video game De- where yeah. like 
That's what I mean, like, the level changes. Because they do True. a load of shit, and then it's like, okay, now, like... Now we're going to a different location. Now we're going to a different location, but, like, they focus so much on the shit. When things start to get fucked up, you're like, I understand the relationship Where everything is, yeah. Is. James Cameron might be a good director, yeah. it turns out. Um, uh, I love how they managed to make, uh, like, a much smaller scale final, like confrontation in it but it still feels as big as the yeah. first one did Avatar 2 what a film yeah. shout out to Spider shout um, <laughs> I think Spider is the worst part of that film he's so bad yeah. he's so buff but he's so hick, like long haired um, yeah, yeah Terra Nova's great uh, um, someone from Succession turned up and Sean yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the fucking dude Nate? Who, Nate from Succession plays uh, Stephen Lang's son who has Ooh. gone off to, to lead the rebels that's actually very good casting yeah yeah, he's great um, um, how many seasons of this show are there two there is one season okay it ends on a fucking cliffhanger got cancelled then got cancelled I was loose. I'm gonna spoil what the cliffhanger is because it's, it's a ten year old show yeah uh, that's never being fucking redone I'll not put a spoiler we, mark in not until uh, we become millionaires <laughs> and we look, reboot if Terra I, Nova if I get like a hundred million dollars first thing I'm doing is remaking Terra Nova um, uh, get Stephen Lang back uh, I think the daughter in it now played Jasmine in the live action Aladdin film weird yeah uh, this is one of those shows where every now and then an actor will show up in something I'm like I recognise you from somewhere it's and it's years old, and it's 10 years old as well so yeah it's exactly like, it's not something that like they are forever associated with this terrible show yeah um, but the, what's the what's the cliffhanger twist so the fucking the bad guy is actually win for a little bit they take over the colony yeah and then there's a little, like the last two episodes are about the resistance fighting them back or whatever and we discover that after they got kicked out of the colony by the good guys all of the bad guys went out into a place called the badlands yeah and a couple of scouts like went out there and followed them to like kind of figure out what they were doing yeah and the scouts brought something back okay and it's a mast of a fucking pirate ship <laughs> so we learned that there are like other portals here from different times oh. and then this show is over and we never find out anything about them um, I do love terrible sci-fi shows yeah. like some of them are chunky but yeah. some of them are beautiful yeah. one one thing about Terra Nova as well is that there's a whole subplot about there being a spy in the colony yeah and look rewatching it knowing who it is is really good oh really yeah it's really good would you recommend a binge of Terra Nova? 100%. How long is it? Like 10 hours? 13 episodes. Like 45. 40 minute episodes. Yeah. yeah. Chill time. It's a good time. Um, What's not a good time is Killers of the Flower Moon. I watched Killers of the Flower Moon last week. Hannah hasn't seen it yet. I've read so the book though gonna... so I know everything. Well, the, I know things, the things that I want to talk about are, the, are things that are specific to the film. Oh really? There's one part in particular. Um, the ending... Yeah, I heard the ending's incredible. The ending is fantastic. I can guarantee it's not in the book. Because how the book ends... I'll spoil how the book ends, or do you mind? I don't mind. How the book ends is the last, like, 60 pages are the guy who writes the book talking about the research of the book. Sure. And it's, like, him, like, interviewing... Because the, the, the thing in the book is, like, the book spends, like, 200 pages telling you the, like, official history. And then the last, like, 60 pages are him being, like, yeah, there's way more murders, but they're not... They've never officially been solved. And this is like the existential horror of that, which 
Interesting. Yeah. Which I feel like is a good way of dealing with that topic. Yeah, I think so. How is Jesse? How is Jesse as my favourite man, Tom White? So one thing, I've seen a lot of uh, discourse on Twitter about this film being like, oh, it's just like three and a half hours of like misery and it's just not fun to watch. This film is so fucking funny at points. Um, Yeah. The scene where Jesse first turns up it's been turned into a meme on Twitter now, so I'm going to say what it is. Yeah. It's, um, he knocks on fucking Ernest's door. Yeah. And he introduces himself. He's like, I'm here to see about these murders. And uh, it's like, it's so good because you can tell immediately that like, because Leo is playing the sketchiest man on the planet. Yeah. Uh, and you can tell immediately that Jesse has him fucking made when Leo's like, See, see what about him? And just like, see who's doing him. <laughs> it's really, it's really funny. See, it's so interesting in the book because I, I haven't seen the movie yet. We'll do a proper discussion mm. in like when I, I'm going to go maybe see it this weekend. Nice. So for next week, I'll do that. I'll see it before next week's episode. Yeah. Um, you don't know who the murder. You kind of figure out who the murderers are about a third of the way through the book. Sure. And then it's like them trying to prove yeah. it. So you. Know? you you are shown one of the murders within the first, I want to say, 20 minutes, half hour. And it's, it's the sister. Or... No, there's another murder that happens that isn't really brought up much throughout the film that you just are shown. Yeah. Uh, and, like, as the whole thing is going on, as the movie's going on, like, you you know what's happening. Yeah. Basically. Like, there, it's not that there's... It's not that there's this grand scheme that you're trying to figure out. You know... What the scheme is. What the scheme is. And it just kind of shows you the details of it as things go along. Yeah. Um, like, as soon as people start dying, you know who is behind it all. Yeah. In the book, you don't know. Yeah. But it's one of those things of it's so known who the actual, uh, like, who is behind it. Mm. That it's like, they, they don't need to keep it too hidden in the book, I would yeah. say. I would really recommend, I, if you enjoyed the movie, I recommend giving it, reading the book. The book's like 300 pages. It's not oh, that long. It's got pictures in it. I like books with pictures. I'm so, I'm so happy everyone loves Tom White. Uh, I do. I I did hear some discourse. Everyone was taking the absolute piss out of Brendan Fraser, and I won't stand for it. Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. I, I fucking. Uh, He's who, in like, who was I thinking of? I was thinking of um, Ben Affleck. No, Irish actor from Killian Murphy, Brendan Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson. That's. I don't know why. Uh, I will say Brendan Fraser. Not great in it. I understand why he acts the way he does, and I understand the intent behind it. Yeah, <laughs> it took me out of the whole thing immediately. Just because it's Brendan Fraser, or just because it's true, it's a very different performance from the rest of the movie. It, a little bit of both. It feels like he's going for laugh. Like it feels like he's playing a comedy character in okay. a movie that nobody else is doing. That gotcha. And like the scene that he's in is supposed to be comedic. No, it's supposed to be disorienting. Oh, so like I kind of get why he did it. But yeah, yeah. A co- an actor going for laughs that it did not land was a movie I watched recently <laughs> called Our Kind of Trader. Um, so it's John Le Carre novel that's been turned into a movie. Sure, an amazing cast: Stellan Sarsgaard, oh, Ewan McGregor, oh, Damian Lewis. I don't know him. Sergeant Nicholas Brody. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I didn't. Oh, of course. <laughs> It's been a while since we've had a homeland. I know, I haven't. I, I burnt myself out when I watched it with the sure. strep. 
Yeah. It's also like each episode's 45 minutes and Sex and the City's only 20 minutes. Yeah, so that's like, fair. Yeah. You know, that kind of, um, that kind of dichotomy. That e- economy. That economy. That yeah. action economy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who else is in it? The, there's one of those movies, Mark Geis is in it. It's one of those movies. Mark mo- Gattis? Yeah. From, um. um the, Sherlock, the yeah. terrible one. But it's just one of those movies that you're watching it and you're like, this cast is great. It's an interesting story. Why is this movie bad? Yeah. I, I, I was watching it and I was like, this is a soup movie. And I had to explain the concept, <laughs> the of, concept the, of the soup. soup. Um, it's basically like Ewan McGregor and his lovely wife, who's, I can't remember the actress's name. are like. Is a it co- Mary Elizabeth Winstead? Is it? I don't I think. Th- I think they're together now. I think... Uh, no, it's um, Na- uh, Naomi Harris, I want to say. So I think you and McGregor might have cheated on Naomi Harris with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. No, because wanna... they weren't together. He did okay. He did leave his wife for someone else who sure. he was on a movie with. But it basically this like, this couple that are on a holiday on a holiday in like Morocco, they run into the sketchiest man alive who is Stellan Skarsgård playing like the money launderer. Uh, of the like Russian mob, he doesn't generally play sketchy characters, but I've that one hundred percent. Yeah, he's he would having, be fantastic. He's having guy. so much fun putting on the like kind of shishest Russian accent. Fuck yeah! But it's like Stalin, yeah. so and he's like long-haired Stalin. Yeah, so you're watching it and it's so much fun, but you're just like. I don't know what's wrong with the movie. It's just the pacing's a bit weird. Sure. And also, I say it's one of those John Le Carre books because John Le Carre's in a fantastic like, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Oh, that guy. That guy. So, like, very great, um, like kind of crime writer. Sure. It's just one of those. I say the book's very skinny, mm-hmm. and they probably could have added some stuff to the movie to kind of make it a little more more action packed. But they kind of are. They they do a very good like I say it's a very good version of the book. So it's like. There's a lot of kind of empty time in the movie. I don't know. I felt like mentioning it because when we were doing the media, planning the media section, we thought it'd be really short. And now we've been here for half an hour, Sean. Yeah. How uh, does this keep happening? Speaking of which, I'm going to go on Mouse Watch real quick. Mouse Watch! <laughs> we're going to get to the movie so quickly. I, I do worry we're not going to have anything to talk about with this movie. Um, Mouse Watch. Sean's going. Oh? No bats. We're so nearly done this. We probably could trim <clears throat> some of this out. But also... Two last things to quickly talk about before we hand it out her media recommendation of the week. What is out of print, the out of print archive, Sean? So the out of, this is part of my uh, sick day regression to being 12 again. Um, I found this website called the Out of Print Archive, which is really cool mm-hmm. uh basically what it is is it's an archive of a bunch of like old gaming magazines okay. from like the 90s and 2000s that have been scanned and put up for free basically so while i was watching terra nova i was also reading through uh n gamer magazine which is like an unofficial nintendo fan magazine okay that i used to love when i was a kid and you know what what still holds up really yeah i'm happy for still you still funny uh, I found out that one of the like my favorite writers from it has a podcast now, so I've been listening to that as well. Um, that could be the media recommendation of the week because I don't have it. Yeah, uh, it's called uh, the Back Pages, I believe. And uh, last but very least, not very least, that's yeah. not what I meant. Last and not. Least. I don't have much to say about this one as well because I haven't finished it yet. 
is uh, Words of Radiance, I believe, is mm. up next on the, the list. Yeah. Uh, the book by Brandon Sanderson. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Would I enjoy Brandon Sanderson? I think so. Yeah. I think you would. Um, um, I'll, I, I've got the first Stormlight Archive book. I will borrow will... that after I do my X-Men homework. Yeah. Do I'm your not... X-Men homework. I was actually going to do my X-Men homework last night. Oh, really? I was too EP. Fair. I was in too much pain. Fair. Yeah. Um, do it tonight. Maybe. If I get home at a reasonable time. Which may not be uh, happening because it's so late and we haven't started talking about the movie. We're not going to be talking about the movie for long. No, it's almost like the movie. It doesn't have a plot. Yeah. Um, uh, but Words of Radiance, it's... <laughs> Brandon Sanderson is a, a fun writer. Like, you can tell he's enjoying what he's doing. Yeah, it's it's very easy reading. It's not like the best fantasy novel ever written, but it's it's a nice way to like sit down and like, you know, it's kind of breeze through a couple of chapters in a night. You know, yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. You're a big reader, but you're not a big you're a big comic reader rather than mm. like traditional novels. I feel like. Or am I, I wrong? I like pictured in my book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've changed up the way I read. I, I get through my TBR. Oh, mm. actually, one thing I did buy, one of my many books I bought in London. I only sure. bought four. And one of them's for the baby. Nice. So, and one's a comic book. So I only bought two. Hell yeah. Uh, I bought the first one of Slow Horses, which is the one oh, like nice. that Gary Oldman yeah. show. Um, turns out the other main actor in that is like going to be the new James Bond probably oh really and is also dating like maybe engaged to Susha Ronan and I'm like what a man who what is, a man who is this <laughs> Sean's like who am I fighting <laughs> uh, we're very fond oh I did take Jack Loudon yeah what's wrong with him what's Don't wrong like with the we- cut of his jib why just because he's Scottish I didn't know he was Scottish uh they're very nice. Yeah, they met doing a movie. Sure. He's from Leith. Oh, he looks scared there. He uh, is an outspoken supporter of Scottish independence. Yeah, I would... uh, that's pretty cool. I yeah. like that. Yeah, he's a good actor. I like Jack Loudon. Sure. He's very funny in Slow Horses. Let's see what else he's been in. See if I've seen him in anything. You probably have. He's in a... Right there. Oh, he's in Dunkirk. Yeah, was he? Yeah. Yeah, he's the guy... Remember in Dunkirk, the other guy who... Um, one of the fighter pilots that crashes. Yeah. And I guess so, yeah, that's him. Nice. Uh, I think that's the only thing I've seen him in. Yeah. He was in Fighting With My Family. You know. Oh, the WWE thing? Yeah. Nice. He's a good actor. I like him and stuff. Speaking of good actors that we like and stuff. Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> um... Jerry's a very difficult movie to do on this podcast. Yeah. Because... It's a movie where nothing really happens for the majority of it. And it's also a movie where there's long periods of silence Mm -hmm. and very little... So I thought what I thought Jerry would be was almost like a two-person play that was filmed Mm -hmm. where there's like these long conversations about like masculinity and growing up and stuff happening in it. Sure. That's not what Jerry's about. They no. don't have like I don't think there's any meaning like dot link detailed conversations in this. Not really, no. no. What we're watching is we're watching like two men kind of break down over the course of an hour and a half as mm-hmm. they just like wander through the desert. Yeah. And uh Hannah? Yeah. I don't know about you. Yeah. This is going very high in my rankings. Really? Yeah. I liked this a lot. I didn't love it. Okay. Because Again, I was in a lot of pain watching this movie. Fair, yeah. yeah. 
Um, it wasn't that much pain. I watched this movie uh, this morning. I mean, yeah. Because I, despite the fact that I'm on a week off at the moment, I still just wake up naturally at half seven. Mm-hmm. So I woke up, was like, all right. Jerry time. Jerry time. I think it's one of those movies that... No, as I was watching it, I watched it at like seven o'clock last night when it was dark and I had a fire on, I had a cup of tea. So I was, mm. was in a cozy movie mood. This is not a cozy movie. Yeah, not it's really, not, no. I think it's one of those movies that if it doesn't grab you in the first 10 minutes, mm-hmm. you're not going to yeah. have a... It, it had me grabbed basically straight away. Maybe it's a male, a male thing. Maybe it is, yeah. My, this one, my brother can't watch this movie. He cries every time he watches this movie. I didn't cry, but I, I really like this. Yeah. Uh, like the the long shot. I also guess I just like these kind of like abstract artsy movies. Because... Um, That's so bizarre that you... Like, for your other film taste, I, it's funny that you are the like abstract artsy one in our I guess, dynamic. yeah. It makes uh, sense though. Yeah. Yeah. I love Skinamarink. I love this. I haven't seen Skinamarink. See, that actually makes uh, sense. Hey, Hannah, it's Halloween. We're not watching Skinamarink. I have work tomorrow. I need to sleep. I don't want to be too spooked. Damn. Um, so one thing about Jerry, uh, I just want to read this one little section because mm-hmm. it leads into uh, the, another thing I want to talk about, which is talking about Gus Van Sant, the director. Gus Van Sant is fascinating. Is this the thing about what inspired it? The Tomb Raider thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is on the Wikipedia. So this is like... One of his so the thing I think about Jerry is and I actually saw this on IMDb so I don't know if it's true or not. There's only there's a hundred shots in Jerry. Each shot's roughly sixty seconds long. Oh, interesting. But there's some of them that they go on for like four or five minutes. Like it does feel like bits of this movie could be taken and like put in an art gallery as like an exhibition. Mm -hmm. Um, Like the the bit where it's like the real close up of them walking. The opening where they're just driving yeah. to the desert. There's a lot of these, yeah. like, there's four or five of these moments where it's, like, a four or five minute scene of just, like, one shot. Mm-hmm. Or, like, one kind of, like, definite point or whatever. Um, which, if you're into the movie, I think is great. If you're not, like, vibing with it, you're like... Yeah. Um, but the thing, the Tomb Raider thing, which I think is very interesting. Yeah, this is really cool. I like this a lot. Um, uh, once I read this... I was... Did you read this before or after the movie? Uh, I read this before. See, I read this after. Yeah. Which I feel like that, knowing what this is the movie is going to be, I think maybe changes your... Sure. So, to quote... So I, I read this opening section of the Wikipedia and I didn't read anything else. See, I didn't look... I checked in on it afterwards. Yeah. Um. So two things about this movie. One thing is, it's based on a real story. Yeah. Which is... Did you read about the real story? Uh, I read that it was based on a real story and I didn't read any more about it. So basically that. the real story is these two guys were driving from Boston to California mm-hmm. went hiking got lost with a map and then the other one killed the other one with a knife in a mercy killing sure and then went to prison yeah um, it's very sad they got high on cactus fruit which I thought was like a nice. weird detail sure the other thing that's insane about this movie which is it was inspired by the uh, game Tomb Raider as an influence <laughs> on the style Van Sant had mentioned that he hadn't had much experience with video games and was struck by the fact that the lack of the ability to cut away from the action in a video game meant having to stay with the character during travel that would normally be glossed over in films. In an interview with Filmmaker magazine, Van Sant stated in some ways, Jerry is a Bellatar fused with Tomb Raider, which is like this or this Hungarian, excuse me, um, like art house kind of cinema director. That's like a big style inspiration of this movie. 
Yeah. Gus Van Sant has made some interesting movies. He has, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, <laughs> he has. I think if you like this, you would really like My Own Private Idaho. Which one is that? That's the one he made just before... That's the one with River Phoenix and um, Kenny Reeves. Sure. That's really good. I really like My Own Private Idaho. Uh, there was one that... I was, I was talking to Matthew earlier and he recommended me a Gus Van Sant film and I can't remember what it was. So I'm going to read through go his that. feature films. So in 1990, 1985 he has uh, Melanocta. In 1980... 80, sorry, 85. In 89 he has uh, Drugstore Cowboy, which I've heard of before. Uh, in 91 he has My Own Private Idaho 93 it says Even Cowgirls Get Blues which feels like a very you movie title 95 he has a movie called To Die For 97 is Goodwill Hunting we've, we've seen that 98 is his psycho have you heard about his psycho remake is this the, the shot for shot one with Vince Vaughn yeah I've seen that how is it terrible really <laughs> it's awful I'm so bad about it <laughs> like I don't know what it is, but there's some... Because I, I also love the original Psycho. Um, but there's something about the remake that just loses all well, of the soul from is, the original. Is it the, like, Taylor's version of 1989? That's a topical... Uh, I went and I listened to a full Taylor Swift album on a friend's recommendation. Um, I don't like Taylor Swift. Is this Lover or Evermore that you listen to? Uh, it was neither. It was... Which one is Story of My Life on? I have no clue. I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. I was just making a topical joke. Let me go see which one I've got downloaded. Speak it's... Now, oh, Taylor's version. Oh, God, don't listen. Yeah. That's a crunchy choice. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't... I had the kind of idea that I didn't like Taylor Swift before because I'd listened to a couple of her songs I listened to the full album I don't like Taylor Swift I like some songs off 1989 which is a very basic opinion sure but I like those songs before the whole renaissance happened now I like them when they came out like yeah eight I years also ago. have opinions on the whole Taylor's version thing but I do too but we don't want to get the Swifties on us you know what if they listen to it let's get the Swifties on us we're meant to be talking about Jerry. I think that uh, the whole Taylor's version thing, all right? Okay. Oh, God. I have two opinions on it. Number one, artist's rights are important, and I think it is uh, an interesting way of getting her own ownership of her music back. Yeah, especially uh, with the people who own her masters yeah. at the moment. Uh, I also think that it's a blatant cash grab, and it is done from a purely capitalist point of view. Uh, the main reason that she's doing this is so that she can re-release the albums to make more money off them. Yeah, very easy for her just to record them all at once and like release uh-huh. them. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm very impressive for her to do it. Sure. Yeah, but like... She's built a cult of personality around herself. Oh, yeah. I'd hate to be Taylor Swift. Uh, I would love to be Taylor Swift. Why? She has more money than I could ever imagine. And she can just kind of do whatever the fuck she wants. That's true. And she will never face any consequences for it. Yeah. Damn. Sean, you're going to some heat. My thing with Taylor Swift is what I always feel about Taylor Swift, which is I hate to have to have an opinion about Taylor Swift. Yeah, I don't have to have an opinion about Lady Gaga. or like Exactly, yeah. 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 Or like but Katy like, Perry or... Adele or any of these other big female artists. Yeah, she's also built this fan base that you can say basically nothing bad about her or they will, like, death threat you. Yeah. Some of her songs aren't good, guys. Lover's a bad album. Most of her songs aren't good. Um, She is generic, prepackaged pop. Yeah. I don't, hey, I don't mind some tune. I love McDonald's. 
<laughs> I do love a little uh, you know, sausage and egg McMuffin. You do love a rustler. Shout out to Russell's. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've called Taylor Swift a Russell, we're back to talk to about. <laughs> Sean had that funny. Uh, yeah, I'm getting um, in 2000, he makes Fighting Forrester and then he makes Jerry um, and then he makes some other interesting movies, which uh, we'll talk about. Mouse Watch. Jesus, it's going to be fucking. Sean, this is going to be a short episode. It's going to be short. We're going to talk about the movie for like 20 minutes. That's true. Mouse um, Watch, no mouse. No mouse. Um, the thing about Jerry that's very difficult to talk about is again there's just a lot I say about a good 40% of this movie is shots of landscape they're yeah. nice shots of landscape I think it's a very pretty movie the cinematographer of this movie is a guy called Harris uh, Sadus Sadus oh he passed away in 2012 that's very oh. sad uh, he did a bunch of movies uh, Milk Finding Forrester Finding Zodiac Zodiac yeah oh Zodiac fucking rocks uh, American Gangster uh Somewhere, the bling ring, Greenberg. Yeah, just a very good guy. Like, this movie looks great. I think yeah. that's the strongest thing about this movie mm-hmm. is that it's, as my, do you know what my parents said when I made them watch this movie? What? This would be a great movie to put on in a club. You're just playing yeah. on a screen. You know what? This this would be a great movie to put on uh, after <laughs> has eaten uh... <laughs> You've got to beep that out. <laughs> I'll beep that out. But you know, just like... You know in that scene in Succession where they like go to the weird club and they have the monkey dancing video? Yeah. That would be yeah. Like black and white this movie or just have it in like on mute in a club. That would mm-hmm. be fucking baller. And it'd be baller up until the scene where Matt Damon strangles Casey to death and then everybody on LSD in the club would be losing their fucking mind. It's a mercy killing. <laughs> yeah. Talk about this movie, Sean, because I've done a lot of talking so far this episode and I yeah. feel like you uh, really like this movie. I really like this film. Uh, I don't know if I can talk about it too much because again, there isn't much to talk about. I just, I really liked the sparseness of it i think the way that uh matt and casey were able to convey like to convey information Mm -hmm. and like character feelings and uh even arcs i guess Uh, there you can the extent to which there are character arcs is a bit nebulous but there's very little dialogue in this film and it doesn't need much dialogue because you can tell you know everything that you need to know just by watching these two guys i would say their gait and their faces. Yeah. Yeah. And like the parts where they do talk is mostly, I'd say that most of the dialogue that they have is just two friends talking to each other. Yeah. And you can feel it getting a little bit more kind of desperate as the film goes on and them like not wanting to accept they're just kind of stuck here. Um, I think that's the thing that I found a little lacking is that I think and I, I think it's it's not what the movie is trying to be. Mm-hmm. So or maybe that's just me going into the movie wanting one thing from it. And it's sure. not what the movie is about. You learn so little about them as characters. Yeah. And I think if you were in a situation I... like that, where you were like going, you knew you were going to die. Because mm-hmm. they know they're going to die realistically by like the, the last day. I was kind of waiting for a moment where they like had a, like a deep, meaningful conversation about something. And I feel like it never comes and maybe that's not that's not what the movie's trying to be and i know yeah. that now but i mean like i was still looking for it if that makes sure. sense yeah. yeah i think i think this like makes sense that they would put that off for as long as they could and i think that then by the time that they would have had that conversation mm-hmm. they just weren't physically capable yeah of it. basically the equivalent of them having that conversation it's, it's, is it's not the... killing him yeah 
Or maybe the thing about Lenda him not having enough horses. That there's that weird yeah. that's kind of one of the longest pieces of monologue like monologue? Dialogue, dialogue is like Casey having a dream about playing like being a, a, a Greek god. Yeah. I thought it was about civilization, honestly, like the video you, game. You no, know, because yeah, I think I yeah, that that's what it was, right? But I don't think it was. No, it was he was playing some video game. Some video game, yeah. yeah. Might have been like Pharaoh or something like that. Something weird like that, yeah. And he has this long, this long monologue basically at the campfire where he's like, "Oh yeah," and like it's on their first night. Yeah. It's, he's like, "Oh yeah, I, I I conquered Thebes recently." And that's like, "Oh yeah, how the fuck did you do that?" And he goes off on this long monologue. It's, like a, it's about, an impressive like, monologue from Casey because it is like there's nothing dramatic to like hit in the in mm. the monologue, but he still does it like he's remembering this, like playing this game. Yeah, like. It, the dialogue in this film feels like it's improvised, and I don't think it's it not, is. No, but like they There's do also such... that much dialogue. Yeah, so it could but, have been. But it, they make it feel so natural mm. um, that it really, I think, it really sells you on these two guys' relationship. Like that talk at the campfire, I think, was what really solidified it because it was just like. They're in this bad situation. Yeah, they just sit down and talk about this thing that yeah. he did. Um, See, I think for me, because like I, something like my family and I do is we go for long walks and we mm. end up having like very deep and meaningful conversations on those long walks. Sure. So I was, exp- I was, we were sitting down being like, okay, after a certain point, it's going to be like, we're going to learn about these guys. Sure. Or so they're going to have a conversation about something, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think the reason they didn't is because... A big thing with the actual story it's based on is they didn't they didn't really research the actual story. Sure. But the thing is, the the family of the guy who died doesn't know. Basically, they to this day are kind of like we don't know if it was like malicious or if it was intended. Yeah. So I can I can understand why like in the movie they don't want to have it look like they have a fight to imply that you know your man did it on purpose and stuff yeah. like that. I know I just didn't I just didn't gel with it. Sure. They have, yeah, like, but yeah, the acting's I, good. I like their little outfits. Yeah. <laughs> they have a good Halloween the costume. little star oh, My mum has that jumper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very good. Um, um, I, I also liked that they are two fucking idiots. They're so, <laughs> so dumb. Yeah. Uh, the, but, like... They're both called Jerry. That's what they mean. called Jerry. Jerry. Yeah. But they also, like, they introduce a bunch of, like, phrases that they have that, like... They never actually explain what it is, but you can tell that it's like an in-joke or just a thing that they say between each other. And you can pick up on what it means just from the way that they use it between yeah. each other. Like they say that you jerried something, which that means is, you fucked it up. That's something that Matt Damon, Ben Affleck and Casey Affleck say to each other before this movie came out. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wild. I wonder if that's why they called it yeah, Jerry. It is. Nice. Yeah. What do you think of the soundtrack of this movie? Uh, great. Loved it. I don't think there's much of a soundtrack in it. There doesn't need to be. Yeah, no, it's just because, again, because my brother loves this movie and we were watching it and I was like, sell this movie to me because I'm not vibing with it. And he went, yeah. the soundtrack's amazing. And I was like, there's a solid two songs, Yeah, I would say. That's all you need. They're, yeah, they're good songs, but I wouldn't say it's a soundtrack. It's two songs in a movie. Sure. There's like a, there's a, it's a famous piano song at the start of it, I think. I can't remember the name of it. Mm-hmm. And there's this one, like, probably the scariest scene I would say in the movie is like, there's about a three second shot of like them shuffling across a soft flat. Yeah, when Casey just stops. Yeah, yeah, and it's like this. It almost feels like background. It's the most video game bit in the movie, I would say. Like sure. it feels like something out of like a Hideo Kojima movie. 
Or did I say movie? Yeah. I meant to say video game. Honestly, what's the difference? Yeah. Hey. <laughs> like, it feels like something out of um, Death Stranding. Yeah, I haven't played it, does, it but yeah. it looks like... Yeah. 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 That scene there in the back... There's a few scenes where they do these, like... Actually, once you know about the video game aspect of it, there's a lot of camera and camera shots that feel very video game Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, the one where they do, like, the 360 around Casey. Oh, it's so good. If you're actually... If you, if you like watch this movie and you vibe with it, and I think you should vibe with it, you should... There is a making of documentary. Oh, cool. But, like, the sh- the sh- they have, like, these, like insane dolly shots yeah I would imagine like half a mile long dolly shots set up with just these like rail laneways nice. yeah it's very cool yeah yeah, uh, yeah it's a couple of, there are a couple of bits in the movie I want to talk about yeah go for um, you like this movie Come I on. like this movie yeah uh, the part where uh, Casey gets stuck on top of the rock oh, that's... and they have the they have the long conversation about how he's going to get down so good I think this is a boys movie it might be I yeah. think it might be a boy I think yeah, I think it's a boys. Just because, like, I could see two dipshit lads having that whole conversation. If me and Matthew got stuck in a desert, we this is what we would be like. <laughs> yeah, I'm too practical for this movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, no, Sean, we're picking a direction and we're walking in just that direction until we find civilization. Or, or like, oh, the fact that they don't even think to like just pick a direction. Or like that they don't think to look at the sun. To oh, that did annoy me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what's the other the rocks thing is so funny because Casey just gets stuck on a rock he gets stuck on a really tall rock and he can't get down (laughs) (laughs) oh this movie's great I'm glad you liked it I did I did a lot uh like I think the whole the bit at the end with Casey dying like uh, the, the fact that the last thing he says to Matt is I'm leaving yeah is oh, and like it's sad oh. because you do see kind of Matt's taking better care of himself yeah because yeah, he's like, like he, he, like, he turbans up he turbans yeah. up and stuff and you can see even at the beginning in that scene where they're like um, running along the trail yeah that Matt's in better shape than yeah. Casey is the more, the more that I'm talking about this movie, the higher up in my rankings it's going. For me, it's just one of those movies that like I really admire it. Yeah. And I must say, I actually really admire... I think I said this earlier, but I want to read... I really admire Matt making a movie like this at this point in his career. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I think yeah. it's very it's very cool this is the movie he makes right after Oceans. You yeah. know? Yeah, like this would, have, this would have been being made... What was the, the production on this like? Let me, let me go have a look at the... So it would have been made. It probably would have been made before Oceans. Sure. Um, just by the timeline and stuff, but you know. So it came out. Uh, came out two thousand two. It was released in at Sundance in January twelfth, two thousand two, and then actual wide release was uh a, over a year later in two thousand three. So we count a Sundance release, yeah. did we? Hmm. Well, I, well I mean like, ah, this, we were doing the, the, the movie was made by yeah. the time it was at Sundance yeah uh, there's nothing about a date in here um, but like this is a this is a fucking big move from Matt being in this and I would assume it's just because Gus Van Sant made it and he wrote they're it. like Buds. Oh, Matt wrote it. Matt wrote it. Whoa. Matt Casey and Gus Van Sant wrote it. Nice. Hell so yeah. I say it's. I wouldn't. You know, what you're saying it feels yeah, improvised. I, wonder... I wouldn't be surprised if like there was bits of it where it was like they just went to like location and yeah, and let Matt and Casey off. I wonder then were they talking about this like around the time of Goodwill? 
Because that's the last movie that they all had together. Well, no, because Matt was in Finding Forrester. Oh, no, because Forrester and Casey was on set for Finding Forrester yeah. as well. Yeah, no, never mind. So let me check the production. So production, it's based on that real-life murder. Something actually I think would have been really interesting with the movie is they were originally thinking of doing it on... I want to get this right. Yeah. Initially, Van Sant planned to shoot the, the, the movie on digital video. Oh, interesting. So I don't know if that means... Um, like so shooting it with like digital cameras because it's shot on 35mm that's why it mm. looks so cool it looks great I great think it, I think. I would love to see this in a cinema I think this movie they would add this extra just layer of the movie I think would I would have liked it more for this weird artistic touch of it's like a you're watching like the found footage of it where it's just these guys walking and it's almost like I feel like that would that would be a different it, movie yeah that would make a more kind of horror themed I think yeah. as you're watching these two guys fucking lose it yeah um oh there's I, I'm just getting reminded of bits of this film the part where Casey says that he's found water and he knows exactly where the car is he has two bottles of water then, in the car yeah yeah and then we realise that it's like he's hallucinating yeah uh oh. I yeah. like this movie a lot. I'm happy you liked it. Mm. It's not bad. I wouldn't say it's like... It depends what you want out of a movie. Right. Sure. And that's like... I think that's a... So I went into it with the mm. expectation of I would hate it. I went into the expectation of it was better than I thought it would be. Sure. Because like people like bigged it up. It's one of those movies you either really vibe with it like you, and you have yeah. a reaction like I think I think I picked up what the movie was going for from that first shot with yeah. the, uh, like when they're driving there. Yeah. I think I think I got into it there. I think, I think it's one of those movies. Do you know I think it's like, oh, I saw After Sun and After Sun is a very similar reaction from a lot of people where they either sure. really click with it. I really clicked it and I loved After Sun because I knew mm-hmm. exactly what it was going for. And some people are like, I hate this movie. Yeah. I hate okay. what it's trying to do. We might talk about After Sun in the future. I love that movie so much. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's one of the, that's an interesting thing about doing not just big movies, you do these small arty ones. Yeah. Sometimes they don't get you, but that's okay because art's subjective. Look, expose yourself to a, a wide range of art. You'll find the things you like and you'll find the things you don't. I will say one thing that um, doing this podcast and I say this every week and I'll say it again. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm getting better at watching movies. Sure. Or like critical, but not in a like Cinema Sins way. <laughs> ding. <laughs> ding. Insert More... Cinema Sins. Ding. Here. That's a Cinema Sin. Um... <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> I fucking hate Cinema Sins. Me too. I haven't watched a Cinema Sins video in like six I haven't watched it since I was like 13. Oh yeah. It was definitely like, this is making me dumber content. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Good shout out to Matt Damon doing such a wide variety of films yeah, in his true. career. Yeah. Um, Brad Pitt would never. Yeah. It's be very interesting to look at Ben Affleck's, like, I think that's the biggest difference between Ben and Matt at this time in their careers, is Ben's doing all the big movies. Oh, really? Oh. Let's see what Ben's doing at this point. Leave it, because we'll talk about a Ben movie in a short while. <gasps> is Jersey Girl coming up? Oh, yeah. Yeah! Um... <laughs> Anything else you want to say about the movie before uh, we... We did say it was going to be a short episode. Yeah. This is um, one of those weird movies where there's actually... There's there's not... A, there's a plot, but it's like the film is known for not having much dialogue. Yeah. Like, it's a film about two guys wandering the desert. And I that's give, what most of the film is. Uh, I would give it a watch. I would absolutely recommend it. I would it. watch it. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Don't... It's not... I don't, don't think it's a family movie. 
No, no you wouldn't. No, put, I wouldn't suggest putting it on the same way. I suggest pu- putting like oceans on. Mm. Oh, actually, wait. We need to. I want to talk about the ending of the film. Actually, what like oh, what actually he... happens at the end? Oh yeah, Matt kills Casey. Yeah, so Casey like collapses uh, and is like, I, I can't do this anymore. I'm I'm leaving, is what he says. And Matt uh, strangles him to death. Yeah, uh, but it's like a weirdly like. I thought they were going to kiss. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's this, shot... It's this sh- movie, homoerotic? No. Gus Van Sant movies being homoerotic? Because <laughs> it's shot very weird, the strangling. Yeah. I think- like, most of what you see is their feet. Yeah. Uh, and you see, like, Casey's feet kicking and then not kicking anymore. Yeah. And even in the scene before it where he's, like... Where where he's like kind of going towards Matt yeah. a little bit, and he's basically telling him he's dying. There were a couple of points through it where I was like, "Oh shit, he is dead now." Yeah, um, I I was kind of like, I wasn't sure which one of them was going to die. Yeah, and then you're kind of like, "Is it going to be like they kind of let you know it's going to be Casey?" I was kind of certain it was going to be Casey. I thought he, he was not doing well. He wasn't doing well, but I was like, "Is that going to be the terrible thing of like he actually lives or something terrible?" Yeah, and then oh, the scene where they like Matt realizes they're that close to the road. Yeah, it's just like oh my god, you know, like, it's fully it's fully like. If Matt had been there for another day, he probably would have died. Yeah. But they are like half a day's walk from a, a highway. Yeah. And yeah, and yeah. he gets in a car. And that's how the film ends. Yeah. 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 A movie. A good movie. A film. Did not make a lot of money. I would imagine. Didn't cost a lot, I would also 3. imagine. 3.5 mil. Okay. It made it a cool quarter of a mil. Oof. <laughs> uh, did you hear about the new Expendables film? No. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I want to get the exact numbers on this. One. Yeah, before we <laughs> do the box uh, office and uh... so Expendables Four came apparently came out recently. I saw a trailer for it before the Meg, and um, <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, was, I, that's a movie, I guess." Yeah, I didn't realize it had actually come out. Uh-huh. Um, it ended its domestic theatrical run today. Can I guess? Uh, what do you think the budget was? Oh, the budget's huge. Much for like. North of 50. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what, 75? 100. <laughs> Made 12. 16. I was close. <laughs> You're close. I was yeah. close. I'm impressed with me. It's almost like not advertising your movie will make people not watch the movie. That's such a weird time to like, this is a good time to release a movie though. People like the cinema. Yeah, but it's The Expendables 4. <laughs> yeah. And look, I love the first Expendables film. I haven't seen any of the rest of them. The, the idea of getting a bunch of, like, action hero movie stars in the same action movie is great. I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of those movies that a rental income from, like, home movie rental still was, like, a big yeah. draw. And I that, think from, yeah. from the trailer that I saw, I think the cast was also fairly... Smaller? It wasn't as, like, big name as the other ones were. Like, we've got Stallone... Statham, Dolph Lundgren, Megan Fox. Good for Megan Fox. She did Scab recently. Oh, did she? Well, oh, the Halloween costume thing. Yeah, 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 that counts. Yeah, Uh, Tony Jaa, Andy Garcia, Iko Uwais. Andy Garcia? You mean Terry from One Lotions Eleven? That's him? Yeah. Whoa. She looked at me like it was a crazy woman there. This has got four big name actors in it. And Mm -hmm. the rest of them are like people who you would recognize from other shit, but wouldn't be like a draw to a film. Uh Uh-huh. Whereas the first Expendables film had 
uh, Stallone, Statham, Jet Li, Dolph Lundgren, Mickey Rourke, Terry Crews, Steve Austin, Charisma Carpenter. Uh, it's like a bunch of other people who are like Danny Trejo is in there. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna make one of these movies that sells people on the star power of the cast, get stars for the cast. Yeah. Um, I've just realized we've def- we've done this in the weird order for doing the box office because we've done it in its we've done it in the Sundance order where we're oh, doing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. So actually, the box office itself is from uh, Valentine's Week in two thousand and three, but sure. we've done it for the Sundance, so it's like. So it's made more money than we previously believed. So. It's just the way Letterbox does it, and Letterbox sure. is always weird for these art. It's the same way that like um, Glory Days, we, it came out in like ninety nine, but we did it in like ninety six. Yeah. Um. So this box office is for uh two thousand and three, but the movie came out like in our timeline. It's before two thousand and two. Yeah. I'm only saying this because there's a movie that Matt's in that comes out after this movie in the podcast order, but it's in the box office already because uh, that's just the way we did the show. Yeah. I'm sorry. Listen, art films, small films, the release order is always I fucked. Actually, I'm not sure what our next film is, so I'm not gonna... Oh, I do. Is it Jersey Girl? No. No? Horse Boy Time. Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. Well, before Fuck then, yeah. we need to do the, the box, box office. office yeah. So, f- f- Valentine's Day 2003. 2003. Okay. Uh, I Just guess some stuff. Uh, Two Towers. Yes, that is number 11. Okay. It's been out for a few weeks. Uh, I would imagine this did not come in anywhere near the top three. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have no... Where are okay. you? Okay. Are the top three movies that I would know? It came number 64 in the box office. Sure. Are the top three movies that I would know? Yeah. You would know... You would definitely know the first one. Uh, is there a Pirates of the Caribbean in there? In the top three? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Can you give me a hint on number three? Ben Affleck. Jersey Girl? No. No? No. Uh, Daredevil? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Opening weekend for Daredevil. Nice. Okay. Uh, number two? You probably... I know this one because it's very famous. Sure. Um... All right, all right, all right. What's that guy called? Again? Oh, Ma- uh, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, I do know the movie. What the fuck is it called? Uh, it's the one where he plays a creep. It's, it's the same one where um, he has the uh, like college girls say the say like. I don't know if it's that movie. No. Yeah, but it's like a okay. it's a rom com. It's a rom com. Has a very famous dress in it. Is he the main character in it? He's the main love interest. It's like one of those, like, the man, there's like two main characters, a man and a woman. Yeah, I don't know this one. Uh, how to lose a guy in 10 gift days. Ah, uh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, okay, number one. Number three. That's number one. three? No, Daredevil was number one. That was number oh, Daredevil two. was number one? Oh, yeah, okay, number 40 sorry. million. Never mind. Uh, number three, all that jazz. What? Chicago. Ah, uh, okay. That was a good hint. Yeah, that was. Uh, other movies, uh, number four is uh, Jungle Book 2. Oh, really wow. oh yeah! This is when this is when uh, Disney were doing all the fucking animated sequels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a movie that I think sounds baller, but I don't know anything about called uh, Shanghai Nights. Uh, oh yeah, with uh, fucking Jackie Chan. Owen Wilson. Is it Owen Wilson? I think Owen Wilson is in there. Jackie wow. Chan is in there. Uh, the Recruit, Final Destination Two, Kangaroo <laughs> oh, Jack. Final Destination Two is a banger. Uh, Deliver us from Eva. Uh, Deliver us from Eva. Yeah, that's a great name that's a great title 
Yeah, who is it? Uh, L. Cool J's in this movie. Fuck yeah. Gabriel Union. <laughs> who um, plays Eva? I don't know. I'll look afterwards. Or is it referring to Evangelion? Evangelion. Uh, the <laughs> Hours, which I love The Hours. About Schmidt, Catch Me If You Can, Gangs of New can. York, The Pianist, The Quiet American Adaptation. <laughs> what? The, the, what? Is that the... Huh? The, the what? The Pianist. The... <laughs> Those are the Holocaust. Have some respect. I'll bleep that out. Uh, so this is the reason I'll bleep that one out too. <laughs> so this is the reason I bring it up because Confessions of a Dangerous Mind is in this box office. Oh, okay, cool. But like, I think that's in like two movies time. I don't know. It's... Yeah, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind is coming up soon. It's coming. Brad up... is also in that. Yeah, it's coming yeah. up soon. But that's what we mean. It's just this weird kind of yeah like... that we've we've done it now because it came out at Sundance. Yeah, but it's, it's probably films between now and then. The movie that's going to be the most interesting to talk about. Where we watch it is Margaret, I think. Sure, I know nothing about Margaret. Margaret basically was held hostage for like five years. Damn, by We're, Weinstein? No, by like whatever studio. So it was filmed in like 2005. Okay. But it didn't come out to like 2012. Wild. And then like, then it came out again in like 2015 because basically the, the director and the studio got into a massive fight about how long the movie would be. Okay. So like... For how long ago Margaret was filmed for when we'll watch it, Anna Paquin is the main character. Yeah! Which is great, but also like Anna Paquin <laughs> being the main character in a movie. Look, X-Men 3 doesn't come out till like 2007? This, this was filmed before X- X-Men 3, I yeah. want to say. Um, uh, two, X-Men 3 wasn't 2006, right? I don't know, friend. I'm so sad yeah. it started raining. <laughs> it was such a nice day today. Yeah. Hey, you're going to get in on the last mouse watch. Mouse watch. Mouse watch. Um, so before we do mouse watch, we have to do the rankings. <sighs> okay, let's go. Wait, no, we need to just. So we have to explain the rankings before we do the thirty seconds. Uh, do we have Matt Damon trivia actually? Well, it comes after the rankings. Sure. Okay. Um, because then we have to talk about the next movie as yeah. well. Again, sorry guys, we told you this would be a short episode. We've given you so many really long episodes recently, though. Yeah, I uh, need I need a short one that I can edit quickly. Let me just get my thing. You prep the wipe, explain the rankings this time. Or do uh, you... So, every episode, what we do is we have a look back at our past. Uh, look back into fucking ages gone, and we see what movies have we watched so far. Mm-hmm. And on a scale from 1 to 23. 22, 23. 23. When you count the good old boys. Yeah, when you count the good old boys, 23. Uh, where we would put them in relation to each other. So We give ourselves 30 seconds. Yeah, we also uh, don't look at our previous week's list, so this might be a little bit different from last time. Yeah. Uh, we give ourselves 30 seconds to, to prep, it. prep it, just because at this point we have to. Yeah, and ready? Right. Hey, Siri, set a 30-second timer. Wait, wait, can I, can I actually have a couple of extra seconds just so I can put the numbers in? Yeah. All right. Uh, ooh, why does it keep giving me words? Ready? For, wait. Because I see you have the numbers ready, so I'm, I want to get the numbers ready That's as well. That's fair. Okay. Okay, three, two, one, go. Oh, fuck me, I've forgotten my movies. Oh, crap. Then we're done. We're done? We're oh. done. <laughs> this is going to be a really bad one for me. Okay. Oh, uh, not nice. Oh, no, it's not, it's not nice. <laughs> How many do you have in? I have like four in. Uh, I have got the first two, the bottom two. Um, no, I've got the, I've got the top four, the bottom two. Let's let's go. 
Okay. Number 23. First five in, yeah. Number 23, as always, is the good old boys. The bounty is still open. Um, yeah, if to, to reiterate what the bounty is, uh, if you can find us a copy of the good old boys anywhere, either physical or digital, and send it to us at sinewavepod at gmail.com or yes. send us an email at sinewavepod at gmail.com that explains that you have it. I will go and buy you a pint, <laughs> probably three pints at this point. Yeah. I feel like we've been going long enough. Uh, but <sighs> okay, number twenty, uh, number twenty-two is uh, twenty-three. Is good old boys. Yeah, number twenty-two is Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, number twenty-two is all the pretty horses. Mm-hmm. Number twenty-one is Titan A. Number 21 is Rising Sun. Okay. Number 20 is All the Pretty Horses for me. Uh, number 20, I think, is Bagger Vance for me. Yeah. Number 19 is The Legend... Is Bagger Vance Riston? Yeah, The Legend of Bagger Vance is number 19 for me. Sure. Yeah. Uh. Wait, no, I fucked this up. Have you? 23 is Good Old Boys. 22 is Pretty Horses. 21 is Rising Sun. Yeah. Uh, 20 is Bagger Vance. Okay. Uh, 19 is James Helen Bob. Okay. 18 for me is Field of Dreams. Uh, 18 for me, I think, is also Field of Dreams. 17 for me is Rising Sun. 17 for me... Um... Uh, Geronimo. I'm sorry, Sean. Number 16 for me is Jerry. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Again. But people can have different opinions. Sean's like, wrong opinions, but opinions. True. Uh, Number 16 for me is Finding Forrester. Mm -hmm. Number uh, 16 for me is... Sorry, number 15 for me is Chasing Amy. Uh, Number 15... 15 for me is School Ties. Number 14 for me... This is The Soup. This is The Soup. For you who haven't watched the podcast before, The Soup is movies that they all kind of have the same ranking, so they can kind of go in any order we want. Yeah. Um, Number 14, is it? Number 15 or 14? Uh, 14. Number 14 for me, I think, is Rounders. Uh, Number 14 for me, I think, is Chasing Amy. Am I missing it? No, I'm not. Number 13 for me is Geronimo. Number 13, I believe, is going to be Rainmaker? Number 13? Yeah, Rainmaker. Number 13. Number 12 for me is last week's movie, The Majestic. Uh, Number 12 for me is actually also The Majestic. Yeah, that's when I I knew we had The Majestic as the same after last week. Number oh, 11. yeah, no, it was because I had Bagger Van. I didn't put Bagger Vans into my thing last yeah. week, so that's... that's number nice. 11 for me is School Ties. Number 11 for me is going to be uh, Titan A.E. Okay. Number 10 for me is Finding Forrester. Number 10 for me is uh, Mystic Pizza? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. number 10 is Mystic Pizza. Mystic Pizza is no longer the bridge point. Nope. Yeah. Number 9 for me is Mystic Pizza. Number nine for me is uh, Courage Under Fire. Okay, I need to take a second because this is, I have a bit yeah. of a gap here. No, I, I, I see what's bridging my gap. I've got a three movie gap here and I know exactly what's bridging it. 
It's always where the fuck does wait, glory... Wait, 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 wait. Wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm good. Oh, I'm good. okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Number eight for me is dogma. Number eight for me is goodwill hunting. Okay. Wow. Number seven for me is glory days. Uh, number seven for me is Mr. Ripley. Number six for me is courage under fire. Number six for me is rounders. Okay. Number five for me is Rainmaker. Number five for me is Dogma. Number four for me is Good William Hunting. Number four for me is Ocean's Eleven. Wow. Number three for me is Talented Mr. Ripley. Number three for me is Jerry. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I like this a lot. Really? Yeah. I'm I happy really like you this. liked it so much. Yeah. Um, I was like, it's, it's not. If you put it better than what number one is, I would have had a problem. Cause... Yeah, I, I can't, but I also can't put it past Glory Days because Glory Days is one of the best fucking movies ever. Um, no, let's just finish this. So, number three for me is Talented Mr. Ripley. Number two is Glory Days. Uh, for my, me, it's Ocean's Eleven. And then number, number one, one, still in there, is Saving, Saving Private Ryan. <sighs> James Francis Ryan of Owl. James Francis Ryan Violet. Fine. Instrumental warfare. warfare. <laughs> We've talked about making merch for the show, and that's <laughs> fucking number one. I'm I'm gonna just I'm gonna do someday that I'm like bored in work mm-hmm. or I'm like ill or whatever. I'm gonna make a, a fan count for Jackson. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, to like that Miski song, my love, my love, my love or whatever it is. I don't know. I'll play it at all. I'll play a little bit for it when we finish the podcast. Sure. Because uh, I think it's funny. But next week, next Tuesday, the 14th of November for you. No. Oh. Uh. Uh. Yeah, yeah. That can't be right. Um, we have planned the Christmas special. Wait, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's next week. It's no, seven. for them, the 14th of November. No, it's... No. Yes, Sean. Okay, so... Uh, this is coming out on the 7th of November. This episode... Oh, is- sorry. I, yeah, no, never mind. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah I, you're right. I love when he says that. Did you tell us in... This is our first female for director? <gasps> no, it's a dude. But there is another director who's a woman! Yay! Yeah. Uh, directed 2002 film directed by Kelly Ashburn and uh, Lauren Cook. You can see why I thought sure. Kelly might have been a woman. Because yeah. that's a female name traditionally in Ireland Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron one of my sister's favourite films when she was like six years old a crisp 83 minutes oh beautiful Uh, byline leader hero legend (gasps) as a wild stallion travels across the frontiers of an old west he befriends a young human and finds true love with a mare (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> directed by or voice starring Matt Damon Matt Damon James Cromwell don't know him he's a his uh, name's Cromwell so I hate him he's in Spider-Man 3 uh, who does he play he plays Captain Stacy no way he's, he's a big hero six he's degree mile dad. he's uh, in uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom he's oh. in LA Confidential <laughs> have you seen Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom yeah, I think I have. <laughs> uh, Charles Ray, uh, Napier, uh, Robert Kane, uh, Richard McGonagall, uh, Donald uh, Fulov. Fulov? Yeah. So, I think it's one of those movies... It's Matt Damon and a bunch of people we don't know. And it has some actual, uh, like, uh, 
Native American actors in it. Oh, cool. There's some nice. guys, uh, Michael Horse, who is in Twin Peaks, is his main um, credit. Oh, yeah, is he the like Native American police guy in Twin Peaks? I think so, I don't nice. know. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, that's next week. Matt Damon trivia is very hard mm-hmm. to find for this movie because this movie is... Uh, <laughs> non-existent. Non-existent. Yeah. So when you look at Sometimes Spirits, you get to movies Stanley that of the Cimarron, a trivia, that's also fucking non-existent. <laughs> um... Let's see what it has on the Spirit Stallion of a Cimarron. Uh, I can give you a bit of Matt Damon trivia on Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. You do it when I open, I get our other uh, Matt Damon trivia. This is the first ever movie where Matt Damon plays a horse. He's been in, he's <laughs> such a, he's such a horse girl. It's so funny. It's so funny. I think this counts as a Matt Damon cowboy movie. Hmm. Um, while you're getting that, do we want to talk about what our Christmas special is? Yeah, you. Just, Do we you, want to reveal it? You as reveal a it Halloween now. Gift? It's a little Halloween present. This was my idea. This was Hannah's idea. I think it's. It is. I'm such a good. Fantastic. I'm such a good friend, to Sean. Yeah. Sean has to put up with so much bullshit <laughs> on doing this show. Introduce. So, there is a TV show that I love <laughs> called Kid Nation, <laughs> in which they get a group of children. They drop them in the desert and they get them to develop their own... They drop them in the desert. This is why you love this movie. (laughs) (laughs) They get them to develop their own society. And what we're going to do... This show only ran for one season because they weren't allowed to make a second season of it because they... the kids drink bleach. Yep. (laughs) Uh, What we're going to do for our Christmas special is we're going to watch every episode of Kid Nation, season one... uh, are we going to do the shot before or after the episode? So our plan is, and we might have to change it on the day, depending on how silly we get, is we do a five-minute little, this is the introduction of the, sh- the thing. And every after every episode, we give ourselves between like five and seven minutes. I think to, ten minutes. See, if I do, if we do ten minutes, it's going to be, we're going to be just doing so much recording and of, and of watching. Sure. I say let's aim for seven and we can go max ten. Okay. Um, but at the end of each seven to ten minutes, we have to take a shot. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have to start this at like ten o'clock in the morning to get it done by the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to introduce you all to my my main man, Jared. Uh, Kid Nation is a banger show, and I'm very excited for the Christmas special. I came up with this idea. Yes, and Hannah I instantly did. regretted it. Because um, <laughs> now that Hannah has suggested it, I'm not going to let it go. No, he's really not. I'm having such a difficult time trying to find some <laughs> Matt Damon. I'll just bring up the Jimmy Kimmel fight because it started around now. Jimmy Kimmel fight? Yeah, he's been a long-term feud with Jimmy Kimmel. Really? Yeah, but it's like a mock feud. Okay. Honestly, I would also be in a feud with Jimmy Kimmel. Where it's like, yeah, they just have this feud because I think like Jimmy Kimmel was dating a comedian and she did a parody song called I'm Fucking Matt Damon. Oh, so ever shit. since then, they've had like a feud. Let me go find out who that was. It's Sarah, it's Sarah, Sarah Silverman. Silverman. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That, makes that sense. was the first name that came to my mind for some reason as well. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you for joining us on this weird short episode. Like, remember yeah. when the episodes were always this length? God. But I, just... I long for those days. I do too, but also, I like, I like talking. Yeah. I like talking with my mouth, to quote. You uh, don't know that I quote. like talking with my mouse. Let me go mouse watch real quick. <laughs> Sean's left. I really hope you've caught them out. What are you looking at? It's there before I actually go in. What happens if he's in a trap? Then we deal with that 
when we deal with that. Well, that will be your listener. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Sine Waves. Um, please rate, review, and subscribe uh, to our podcast on your preferred platform of choice. Sean, do we have any emails this week? I assume not. If you want to email us in, please do so at sinewavepod at gmail.com. That's sinewavepod at gmail.com. If you've got any tips for getting rid of mice, please let us know. <laughs> um... Uh, nah, just just Apple introducing the new MacBook Pro 14 and 16 inch and the new iMac now supercharged by the M3 family of chips. Well done, Apple. Slay. You can follow us on our all our social medias at Soundwave, except on in the Twitter, where not Twitter on in the, t- the TikTok, where it's Soundwave 36 <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, I saw 547s today. Um, <laughs> and I saw the number 23 <laughs> I'm actually like I'm not joking I saw the 47 like on one screen and I saw the 47 on another screen today Hannah <laughs> it follows me you've got to kill someone no I'm not <laughs> what happens on that movie <laughs> Jim Carrey kills someone oh. like, um, but yeah Tune in next week for the horse movie. Tune in next week for horse movie. It's been, I've been excited for this one for a very long time. This is one of those ones that I called out in the, like in episode zero. It's as so I was weird because I remember us calling out Jerry. I yeah, remember when we yeah doing... now that we've actually gotten to Jerry, it feels like a milestone. What? So close. Go on. Born? <laughs> We're like three movies away? It's Spirit, Third Wheel, Born. Yeah. Third Wheel, I believe, also starring Ben Affleck. Yes. 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 Doll, coming up. Mouse. (laughs) Mouse watch. Gonna have a couple of these. I think this mouse got me. Yeah, are you okay? Like, what I'm happened? Chill. Because I had, I was like about to go and heat the pizza up, but I had it like on the ground and I saw it running over away from it. I was like, that's a fucking mouse. Uh, no, I was like, wait a minute, did I, did I just see that? It's not Is one that... of my mice. I didn't bring my mice here. I don't think they would have made the journey. But then I was like, wait a I think that's, and then I see him like poking his little head out from underneath the beanbag. It's like, oh fuck, it is. <laughs> oh, nothing worse. I mean, I know you're happy, but like, <laughs> I want to keep. Once, once I have him trapped, I'm going to petition Rian to keep him. No, you can't. I want him. You can't, friend. It's a mouse. Yeah, a friend. Right. He hasn't caused any trouble. He's just running around in there. <laughs>